right, greetings. Welcome back. Another fantastic episode of Better's Last Stand Show, number 71, coming to you from the Pine Room Studio down here in downtown Wheeling. Dreary day outside, but it is quite warm. A little, uh, little different than what we've been experiencing the last few days or even week or so. Uh, it's been pretty chilly here, so uh, welcome back in. We appreciate everybody, all the uh, interactions that we've had with Listeners out there, thanks for uh, the feedback, and uh, we appreciate it. Keep rolling on here as we uh, head towards the end of the NFL season. Just two weeks remain. Well, actually three, because you got a break in between for the Super Bowl. But uh, two weeks of games left. You got two this weekend, and then the final big game here in a couple of weeks. So uh, I'm uh, ready to be done with it. But uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good good uh, couple of games here. As uh, we'll recap last week's action and talk about. The conference championship games, which are set for Sunday afternoon and evening, uh, should be exciting games, as I said. Uh, well, the good news is uh, we were up last week overall, and uh, most of that thanks to, actually, if you count the whole calendar week from the show to show, uh, we got a couple of nice nice winners this morning. We had uh, Daniel Medvedev won his quarter in the Australian Open, and then out of a really... Uh, it's kind of, I don't want to say a surprise because I gave the play out, but, um, you know, I, it was a kind of a wishful thinking kind of one. Uh, he needed everything to fall, uh, and I thought that uh, that uh, Alexander Zverev would have a chance to win that quarter, perhaps if if uh, Carlos Alcaraz would get knocked off by somebody, but Zverev did the knocking off himself. He beat Alcaraz this morning. Uh, really big one there. That's uh, I think it was 16-1 to 1 to win that, win, uh, win that quarter, so... Uh, really good return on that one. So we were up about 23 units last week, 23 and a half to be exact if you count week to week uh, from the show taping to uh, just this morning when we tape again. So uh, it, it's good, good week for us in tennis. The women's tennis kind of fizzled out, but our top play, Sabalenka, still rolling hard. She's got Coco Golf next in what should be a pretty exciting semifinal match there. And then uh, in the men's side, uh, really good uh, matchups ahead as well. Novak Djokovic still there. We had him uh, from the beginning, so two of our big, uh, big winner tickets are still out there, and uh, we've done pretty well in the quarters. We hit three out of the four men's corners: uh, Medvedev, Joker, and Zverev all winning. Sabalenka won hers. Uh, I mentioned about Coco Golf. I didn't give it out as official play. She was definitely dangerous in that Sakari bracket. I went another route there, but it didn't didn't quite pan out. So not quite as good in the women, but we gave out a few other winners. Um, with some plus money wins last week uh, in the in individual matches. So we'll recap those here in a few minutes. But uh, overall, good week. 23 and a half uh, units we were up in all. Kansas City, our best bet here. Kansas City money line, all that stuff came through for us. Oshin Dodine the, in tennis as well, as I said, had her a couple of times at plus money. She made a very nice run uh, out to the quarterfinals as well. Um, and we still have Sabalenka and Joker still alive. Um, and, uh, well, Daniel Medvedev and Zverev are both alive as well. So talk about those matches, but uh, a pretty good week for us there. Like I said, our best bet, Kansas City, was a winner. Now 18-11 and 11 on my best bets. Uh, didn't have any other plays last week. Sam was out. Uh, Coach and Chris also out at this point. So, all right, recapping the division round of the playoffs last week. Uh, two interesting games each day. Um we gave you out the Ravens. I lean the Ravens. I like the under in the game, and somehow we held on to that. I don't really know how. Um, it depends on the number you got, though. If you got 44, it was a push. If you got 44 and a half or 45, you were good. Uh, Ravens take care of business. Good second half. They did not play well in the first half. Um, just one special teams touchdown surrendered, which was a 
not not a good sign. But uh, they they played well defensively and uh, got out of the game relatively healthy. So that's a that's a good thing for them. Uh, the, the the game Saturday night, the interesting game to me was the Packers and the 49ers. Um, thought the Packers were probably the better team in the game. I thought both coaches coached very conservatively, which makes sense. They both came from the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. And as I talked about it last week, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in either one of those guys. I just don't think they're very good in big games. They just don't have what it takes. I thought LaFleur passing on a field goal in, in an obvious kicking situation, and then he ran a really stupid uh, try to run the play that Philadelphia runs where they push the quarterback. It was just awful. It was slow to develop. And uh, by that point, the, the 49ers penetrated through. And I thought the 49ers really took some momentum in the game at that point. That was very early in the game. They could have went up 6 nothing. I know it's just 6 nothing, and you need touchdowns to probably win. But when you're coaching against the guy on the other side who's just as conservative, take those points when you can get them. And I think it really cost Green Bay. I, I thought uh, Green Bay really, really had a chance to win that game. I thought they made bigger plays than San Francisco. Um, it just turns out Christian McCaffrey's, you know, pretty much the best player on the field as the 49ers lose Debo Samuel, which is a huge, huge loss, which we'll discuss what his status could be heading into the NFC Championship game. But I thought Green Bay really, really left some opportunities out there. Matt LaFleur, just not a good head coach. He's just simply not. Uh, I liked um, his scripted plays on the first drive. I thought he had a great drive set up. He does a very good job at that. That's where it stops for me. To me, he's a coordinator. He doesn't understand clock and situation. He doesn't understand scoreboard. Shanahan's the exact same thing. They just don't get it. They don't understand situations. Shanahan's so conservative at the end of a half, trying to worried about getting three points when he could have easily went down and got seven. I, I don't I don't understand what these guys are doing, and it's going to cost them, and it's going to show why they, they're probably never going to win a Super Bowl. And San Francisco is obviously talented enough to win that, and it might not even matter. But Shanahan, if you're leaving it in your coach's hands, you're in trouble if you're a 49ers fan or a Green Bay fan. Um, I just don't think those guys have what it takes to, to outdo an Andy Reid or a John Harbaugh or even a Dan Campbell. Because one thing about Dan Campbell, he makes a lot of blunders, but he is aggressive. And you're not going to win by being conservative against him. So unless he just shoots himself in the foot, which is possible, I, I should say. But uh, I thought Green Bay really left some opportunities out on the field there. 49ers will not play that bad again. However, losing Samuel could be uh, more of an impact than you would expect. So uh, that that's going to be a game that's uh, really going to be... If Debo Samuel is healthy, it's going to make things a lot different. But if he's not, um, the Lions could be live. And uh, we'll discuss that a little bit further uh, or a little bit later in the show when we go through the picks for this week's games. Uh, Sunday's games... First game kind of went similar to how I would have expected. Took a while to get the points going, though. We had the over in that game, so that was a, it took a while. It was, it was a really low-scoring first half. I think it was 10-10 maybe at halftime. Yeah, 10-10 at halftime. Um, and the offense just picked up. Baker Mayfield moved the ball pretty well, but you know still had his, his occasional mistakes, which seemed to happen quite a bit for a guy that seems like he struggles to see over the – the offensive line sometimes, uh, not a bad effort out of him. Tampa Bay overachieved this year, so you got to tip your cap to them. Lions were the better team. There's no question about it. Um, the two-point try that, that the uh, that the um, Buccaneers missed, you know, that's that's for the cover right there. So uh, Todd Bowles took a lot of criticism for that, which I wouldn't criticize him for. I would criticize him for not trying to stop the clock at the end. I didn't understand that. You could have forced the Lions into having to kick a field goal. It could have got the ball back. Uh, and there's no guarantee they were making that field goal, so you get pretty decent field position. You never know. You're only down eight. You maybe throw something, get a flag, and uh, who knows what could happen. I thought that was a dumb idea by Bowles. And Bowles, very conservative guy, but he went for that two-pointer, the, the double two-point try th philosophy, which everybody says is stupid. But I'm, 
it made a little bit of sense. I think it's okay on the road. I don't think it's a terrible thing. And, uh, you know, I don't think it really killed the momentum of the game. They still needed to get a stop and get the ball back. So it, it didn't matter. I don't know if the defense plays any more enthusiastic. It's a one-score game regardless. So the stop still means something. But uh, thought it was a little mishandled by Bowles there at the end. Dan Campbell and his team made enough plays. Uh, Gibbs looked very good. Uh, Goff played a solid game. And uh, so they went to St. Brown when they needed the biggest play of the game. And he came through. So uh, Lions, I think, are somewhat live this week, depending on the 49ers' status. I, I, I just, I don't know. No. 49ers are not playing as well as the other teams in this playoff. Chiefs are playing their best football of the season. Ravens pretty much playing equal to or, or, or better than their best football of the season. And the Lions uh, probably playing some of their best football of the season. San Francisco, I don't think you can say that. So I'm not saying they can't win it. I'm not disrespecting them at all. They have a great team, but uh, it, it is a little bit of a concern to me. And they're they're you know we'll talk about it when I give the picks for for this week. But uh, I think the Lions may be a little bit more live than people are thinking. But we shall see. And then the nightcap on Sunday, uh, probably the best game of the weekend, uh, as expected. Chiefs take down the Bills, 27 to 24. Um, to me, this game wasn't nearly as close. As the score indicates, um, Chiefs were far and away the better team, which I'm not surprised one bit. I, I was very confident in that bet of the Chiefs is my best bet. Felt very, very good. I have the better quarterback. I have the better coach. In, uh, you know, and I'm not saying Josh Allen's too much worse than Patrick Mahomes because he's not. He just hasn't won the way Mahomes has. And a lot of that has to do with his coach. So uh, I thought Josh Allen played very well. I didn't blame him for any of it. He made the throw he needed to make. Diggs dropped it. Uh, the kick goes wide, but uh, Chiefs goofed around a little bit. I thought after they, the fake punt situation, uh, they have McCole Hardman trying to run it in from the one yard line. I don't understand that at all. And Pacheco, they were just not going to tackle Pacheco. He was getting five, six, seven yards every single carry and just falling forward for five or six yards. He didn't even have to hit a hole. Uh, thought it was a bad idea there by the Chiefs. I don't know if that was Matt Nagy or if it was uh, – uh, Andy Reid, but bad decision there because the game's over right there. If you put them, you could almost put them away. Chiefs got some stops though in the second half, which they needed to have happen. The Bills too beat up on defense. We knew that was going to be a problem. They're they're down to their sixth and seventh best linebackers, and their secondary already was without their top corner. And if you're not gonna gonna get any pass rush on Mahomes, and the Chiefs did a great job keeping them off balance, running the ball. Um, Mahomes never got touched the whole game, and you know Mahomes just makes the plays. Kelsey shows up in the big game, which we kind of thought he would finally snap out of his little funk. But uh, Chiefs play their best games in the biggest times, and and you just cannot continue to give Patrick Mahomes points. I thought that line was a mistake last week. I thought that should have been a pick or the Chiefs a slight favorite in there. I just don't know what Buffalo did to be favored in that game, other than being at home and. I don't think that's enough when you have the best quarterback maybe ever. Um, obviously, Brady was going to end up being the most accomplished, but Patrick Mahomes, as far as natural talent, uh, it'd be hard to find a, an argument out there that would say that he's not at least in the top one or two. Uh, I just really don't see how that's possible, and he's without a doubt the best quarterback currently in the league. So giving points to him, just not going to work, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, the game goes over the total. Ended up dying off in the second half, though, so if he got us a couple in-play unders in there like I did, um, it started out very hot, but I figured defenses were going to have to make a stop. Somebody had to make a stop in that game, and I figured that I had the most confidence in the Chiefs because their defense was a little bit uh, just better this season and healthier. So they made enough stops. They got the job done, and Mahomes moves on uh, once again to his sixth sixth AFC championship game, which is just almost unthinkable 
to be quite honest with you. Um, you just you don't see that stuff happen very often. You thought, well, Tom Brady's uh, out of the NFL. You're not going to see things like that happening anymore. But uh, it, it did. And uh, I think the Bills really got to go back to the drawing board. I think they need a roster overhaul, obviously build around Josh Allen. If I was them, um, I'd let all their, their – uh, receivers go uh maybe for the exception of a couple of their their guys they're down the depth chart but Gabe Davis not bringing him back Diggs I would get rid of the tight ends I would try to keep at least one of them uh but I I don't you know it's like what's it going to come down to there as far as can they afford a guy or can they not afford a guy but and you know I I think they need to get rid of Sean McDermott too I know nobody will, that won't happen but I think he's just not a very good coach. And I was very high on him early in his career. I thought he was going to be very good. But he's made some really bad playoff decisions. And uh, I just, I don't know. And then with his anti-American stuff that he had going on there, I, I I just wouldn't keep him. I think he's just, he's not worth the trouble. And he's not winning games that you need to win. And you're just, you're not going to be able to beat Andy Reid and Mahomes anytime soon. So uh, that was their chance. They did not do it. And I uh, can't say I'm surprised whatsoever. But that's the way it goes. Uh Chiefs, everybody hating on Taylor Swift, obviously, and Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother. Everybody's got Chief fatigue. Pretty people are just disrespecting the Chiefs. They're getting bookmakers are disrespecting them. Um, fans are, betters are, analysts are. Everyone is disrespecting this team, and I don't understand. Yeah, they didn't have a great season, but the best teams rise up at the biggest games, and that's what they did there, and that's what they'll do again. Uh, they're they're just they're built for this. Um, I would not be selling the Chiefs short here. I just I think it's a big mistake to people. And if you want to make money, you need to be trying to worry about the numbers and, and who you can get at the value. And you're getting great value on the Chiefs currently at this point. Um, I just don't see a, a, a road where you know they're not contenders for several more years. And uh, I know everybody thought this was the end of it, but um, can't say that I that I would agree with that. So we shall see uh, the Kansas City Buffalo game, most watched game ever not a Super Bowl so that tells you a lot Taylor Swift factor in there but also a wonderful matchup and uh, just a lot of people um, coming together to watch that game it was a perfect time slot as well on Sunday evening so great stuff uh, for from the NFL this week um, again I'll be happy when it's over these officials are still getting too involved in the game which is never a good thing but uh, that's the way it goes and uh, some of the Things that are interesting this this week, the referee's crew who is on the Ravens and Chiefs game has a ridiculously lopsided um, statistical difference in the home teams versus the road teams. Most of the time, the officials, whether it's by, by their own doing or intentionally, they favor the home team. But uh, this guy's name, I don't remember his first name, but I think his last name is Smith. He's on the game, and he has a... 40% success rate for the home team, which is ridiculously low. So uh, the NFL average across all the official crews is 55%. 55% of home teams win games. Um, not with this guy, 40%. That is a drastic difference there. Um, so that could be interesting. Um, what what happens here, the Ravens could be in for some, uh, some really tough calls, but you never know. I know everybody out there, conspiracy theories, thinking that they want the Chiefs in the, in the big game and all this and that, and Come on. Mahomes has been to the AFC Championship game six straight years. It wasn't just because Taylor Swift. Now, come on. It's just ridiculous. It's just a ridiculous notion, but that's the, the world we live in. Uh, we, we make accusations without any facts. There's plenty of conspiracy theories out there with facts to back them up. This one does not have any. 
Um, so be careful, folks. Uh, switching over to hockey here before we take a break. We'll hit on hockey and basketball. Uh, Penguins, disaster road trip. They blow a two-goal lead to the Golden Knights. Put it in their own net against Arizona. Lose both those games. Uh, just a mess right now. Penguins, not a team you want to be backing right now. They'll, they'll go in their little spurt here and there, and then they'll go in the tank. Um, we'll see what they do at the trade deadline. If, they, if I'm them, I would move Gensel and Jari, but they won't because they're not going to upset their stars who are uh, other than Crosby. I mean, Latang's had a good season, but Lamalkin's just about finished. But they, they're not going to do anything to upset the team, and that's why they won't win. So uh, I think uh, I would not be back in the Penguins. They're middle of the pack at best. They'll be lucky to get in the playoffs unless they have a major roster overhaul in the next next few weeks, which I don't see happening. So uh, Goals in the first 10 minutes. These stats always interesting. Ottawa 31-12. and 12, Minnesota 33-13. and 13, Tampa 34-14. and 14. And then in the last 10, goal in the first 10, Seattle and Pittsburgh 8-2. and two. So both of them on pretty good runs there. So maybe there's somewhere that you can look to uh, if you want to watch the Penguins. If you're a Penguin fan and you're just looking for a way to make a few dollars, maybe that's the way to go. They've been uh, very sloppy in early in the games, and they've also scored a few goals early in games. So if you can get that goal in the first 10, always good. Ottawa 18-3 and three run. Yes, goal in the first 10. Columbus on a six-in-a-row run right now. Goal in the first 10. No goal in the first 10. Winnipeg, of course. Uh, who's actually their big run of not giving up more than three came to an end the other night against Boston. Boston put in an empty netter with a couple seconds left to get a 4-1 win over the Jets, who were still a really good team. Uh, but the Jets 26 and, or 29-16, and 16, no goal in the first 10. 6-4 and four their last 10 to the no on that one. First period, overs and unders. Ottawa 31-12 and 12 to the over. Vancouver 31-16 and 16 to the over. Carolina 29-16. and 16. Those are all over one and a half goals. And then some streaks going on right now. Ottawa 18-3. and three run first period over that's great uh colorado nine and one run and carolina eight and two run over one and a half in the first period the unders winnipeg eight and two nashville and dallas also on eight and two runs under one and a half goals in the first period and then a couple other stats that i don't usually give but i like to give them now because you're starting to get a little bit better value on these second and third period totals than you are in the in the first periods first periods are getting kind of priced out of whack if you ask me second period overs right now toronto and seattle are both had eight in a row where their second period has went over. You can check the number. Sometimes it's one and a half. Sometimes it'll be an even two in the second period. Third period overs, Boston, seven in a row. So Bruins put in the work early, defend the entire rink, and they put teams away in the third period. That's what they're very good at. Seven in a row over third period for the Bruins. Moving on to basketball, WVU, a couple nice upsets for them. Of course, we talked about Texas last week. Then they got Kansas early this week, which is a game that I thought Kansas would come in and hammer them. Uh, obviously, the West Virginia is playing much better at home. So you got a, a drastic uptick in West Virginia at home versus on the road. They lost to UCF last night. Wasn't really ever in the game. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Houston's lost a couple times in the last week, but it just shows how good this Big 12 league is. Going on the road in the Big 12, extremely difficult. I, I find that the, the teams in this league are just uh, they are just so good. They have so much depth and they're they're well coached most of them and uh, you know it's a really really tough league uh, in nba action the bucks fire their coach adrian griffin he's out quickly damian lillard apparently uh with the problem there uh but i didn't understand this they got rid of terry stotts or he, actually terry stotts quit he was the assistant coach he probably should have been the head coach uh, but they picked griffin stotts was an assistant stotts quit early in the season i don't even know if he made it to a game but um which he had a really close relationship with with uh lillard 
and which is very odd. It just told you that maybe Griffin isn't the answer, and uh, a lot of people were surprised by that hire. And it, it showed, uh, even though they have the second-best record in the league, they're not happy with the way they're playing defensively, so they get rid of them. They're bringing in Doc Rivers, which to me is a bad, bad, bad move. I'd beg Terry Stotts to come back, but they probably won't. He was kind of just embarrassed probably to, to what went on there earlier. But uh, Doc Rivers, man, he's just a loser. He just doesn't win the big games. Um, I don't know. I think the Eastern Conference has some uh, some some suspect coaches. Philadelphia now looking like they, they used to have the weakest link. Now they they probably have one of the better coaches. So uh, a lot of long way to go here. NBA, you can't really make a whole lot of assessments yet because these trades are going to be ridiculous. You're going to get all these guys bought, bought outs, teams that are just dumping salaries. So tons to happen here in the next few weeks in the NBA. So we'll keep an eye on that. But I that, thought that was pretty interesting. Best ATS teams. Oklahoma City. It's been wonderful to watch. 28-13-1. Philadelphia 27-15. And, and the Orlando Magic, who was pretty high on as well. 28-16 and 16 ATS. Those are your best teams ATS right now. So good stuff there. Uh, a couple of teams to mention here, hockey-wise, that I was taking a peek at. So you've heard me say many times I didn't think that Canadian team can win the Stanley Cup. I still don't. I still think Edmonton is very suspect, although the Paul Coffey effect, you can you cannot understate it. They've run this winning streak. It's still going right now, and they may catch the Penguins here uh, in a week or so uh, and, and gets to 17 in a row, but let's hope not. But uh, I, I just don't think Edmonton will have enough at the back late in the season um, and, you know, when the games really, really matter and the checking gets a little bit tighter. But I think the Jets and the Canucks are teams that could win in the playoffs. Uh, both pretty well coached, very responsible on their own end. Rick Talk is a wonderful coach for the Canucks. Um, and then the Jets, who have been fantastic all season, we talked about them not giving up more than three goals to an opponent until the other night in 30-some-odd games until the Bruins, who are very good as well. Uh, Jets right now 12-1 to to win the Cup. Canucks 15-1. to So if you want to take a peek at a Canadian team, I would say those are the two teams that I would lean towards. Not sure either one of them can win it, but maybe they can make a run in the playoffs. So maybe look at some stuff where um, making it into uh, you know deep run, maybe the Final Four or uh, winning their division even or something like that. But you're probably too low of money. You could parlay them, of course. But a team that I thought was interesting out of the Eastern Conference, actually two teams, um, the Florida Panthers. They I watched them the last couple of games. I just had happened to have bets on them, whatever, and I watched Watched them a little bit more. Very well coached. Uh, Paul Maurice is a really good coach. Uh, they had a really good run last year. Now, they have played a lot of hockey, and that can kind of work against teams when they don't get over the hump, and it's like, okay, we're grinding it out. We're getting to the conference finals every year, but we're not getting there. Uh, it's a lot of lot of you know wear and tear on the body. But I like the Panthers right now. You can find them 10, 12, the 1-ish. Uh, I think they could be dangerous again. They're getting pretty good goaltending right now, and, um, and they're, they're a very physical team who has very good skill players too, so... Look out for the Florida Panthers, and I don't quite think that Tampa Bay's done yet either. Vasilevsky's starting to round into form. Their power play can can still be very lethal. Kucherov is outstanding. He had a couple goals last night. Um, I think Tampa, maybe to advance in a series or, or, or something, they could be a team to keep an eye on down the road. And then a, a little bit longer shot. If they make a move with the deadline, which I'm hearing that maybe they will, uh, Detroit. I think Detroit... They're right on the cusp. They're, they're, they're in the playoffs right now. they got a good young nucleus. they got guys who are getting better all the time. If they can nail down a couple of spots, maybe acquire another good defenseman, and then if they maybe address their goaltending or try to find another little bit of depth scoring, I, I think Detroit, if they make a move at the deadline, I think there could be a team who might have a shot of making the Eastern Conference Finals. So they're 80-1 to to win it all. I don't know if they can do that. I'd be surprised. They'd have to really get hot goaltending to be able to do that. 
uh, and add a, a key piece. But I think, you know, I, I, if I'm the Penguins, I'd be interested in maybe get, trading them Jake Gensel and Tristan Jari. Uh, but I, they won't do that. So uh, that's just wishful thinking on my part. But 80-1 to 1 wings, I think they can make a little bit of a run. I'm not sure they can win at all, as I said. Uh, Kings, a bit high on them, but they're really, really slumping right now. Maybe just hitting the wall. They're, they're a little old up the middle, but... Still, they can refresh themselves, get a little bit better goaltending than maybe they're dangerous again. But at 17 to 1, passing on the Kings currently. And then college basketball, a couple of teams that I thought were worth looking at right here. Um, way back, I gave out Arkansas and Ole Miss because of their coaches. Right now, boy, those teams are inconsistent. They're getting beat by 30 points some nights, which is really, really odd. But they could also beat really good teams as well. But I'm very lukewarm on those two teams now. I'm kind of backing off on my stance there. Maybe come tournament time, they'll put it together. But very, very inconsistent, which is just hard to trust. I think Kansas getting a little bit little, ignored a tad at the top. I know, they're not great, and I'm by no means a Kansas fan. But with Dickinson now in the center, they can get easy baskets. If their guard play improves a little bit come tournament time, they're 20-1, to 5-1 to one to win the Final Four. I'm not usually a Kansas backer, but I think you're getting a little bit better number on them than you normally would. Tennessee's a team that... That I always say they defend the so well. They defend so well. Rick Barnes, he just can't ever win the big game. I, I just is what worries me. But I really like them as a team. They're eighteen to one, but Rick Barnes scares me. And they're four to one to make the final four. So Tennessee's a team I keep an eye on a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if I'll pull the trigger on them. North Carolina playing wonderful right now, fifteen to one to win it all. Might be a little bit low right there, four to one to make the final four. I think those are fair prices, but a little low on on the to win it all. I'd like to get them around eighteen to twenty. Um, so maybe next time they lose would be a time to get on them. But I think they're playing good enough basketball. They have a little bit of experience, and uh, you know I think uh, Hubert Davis has done a pretty good job of getting that team to where it needs to be as far as. Uh, figuring out his rotations and figuring out who needed to play in, in certain situations and just the strategy as a team overall. Uh, Iowa State out of the Big 12 I think is a dangerous team too. They, they've they proven that they can beat good teams, so that's always a good sign. They can defend a little bit. They can rebound. Um, I, I like Iowa State. 45-1, to 10-1 to 1 to make the Final Four. I think that's not a bad a bad look there. They're a team I'm going to keep an eye on. And then Grand Canyon. 300 to 1, 75 to 1. Again, I'm not thinking they're going to win it all, but they could get hot. They could make a run in the tournament depending on where they're at. At 300 to 1, 75 to 1, you can get those. You never know. You have an FAU run like last year, and you can hedge out and get lock in some really good prices. And then two other teams who I mentioned earlier on the show uh, a few weeks ago New Mexico at 100 to 1, Colorado State at 100 to 1, both 25 to 1 to make the Final Four. Both these teams are pretty good. I know they don't get watched a lot in this part of the country out east here, but if you get a chance to watch those teams, Pretty good balanced teams, and they could be definite bad matchups for some of your Power 5 conference teams come NCAA tournament time. We'll talk plenty more March Madness here in the coming weeks as football, again, just a few weeks away from shutting it down. We're going to take a break here. Better's Last Stand, show number 71 from the Pine Room Studios in downtown Wheeling. We will be back after this. We're going to talk a little bit about the tennis that we have going right now as well as the golf, which are in action already. So I'll give you what I gave out on uh, Twitter on golf and talk a little bit about that at the Farmers Insurance Open. And then we're going to get down to the NFL Conference Championship picks. Right here, it's Better's Last Stand for the Pine Room Studios. Be right back after this.
Reminder! This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in Better's Last Stand, segment number two. Sam's going to join us in the third part of the show, get his thoughts over the last few weeks, stuff that's been going on, and see what he likes this weekend. And I know he's getting as excited as I am. We're getting to that time. Next week, we got the clash at the Coliseum for NASCAR, so that's a great, great thing. Racing is almost back, so get ready. Our guy Alex Bowman over here, we, uh, we're very excited about racing season here. And uh, actually thinking about doing a racing spinoff show each week basically part of this show but it's just going to concentrate strictly on racing and then just package it as its own show uh looks like there's a demand for that out there so hopefully we can make that happen here um with our regular appearances sam and i talking plenty of racing amongst other things as we roll on here all right a couple of things bad beats coming back in here actually let me remind you first you don't want to have a bad beat you don't want to go to jail for a dui so that's where i'm going to call ic cab serving the ohio valley for all your transportation needs 304-232-1313 or download the ic cab app today ic cab always working you definitely want to do that get ready nailers will be back in town uh, next weekend get ready call call your cab now arrange it uh this week if you're out watching watching the ball games You'll uh, you'll want to have that IC Cab app ready to go. You don't want to get caught making a mistake. You don't want to have a bad beat. But let's talk about the bad beats here. The Brooklyn Nets catching ten and a half the other night, up eleven with four minutes to go in the game. They don't score another basket. They not even a basket. They didn't even score a free throw. So the Nets, or yeah, the Nets. Jeez. The Nets, uh, they lose the game by 11 points, catching 10 and a half. This, the uh, Clippers come back and beat them 125 to 114 on a 22-0 run to end the game. Now, that is just bitter. That is just a moose. That is a terrible, terrible beat right there. Agonizing beat. Oh, God, it was just awful. About as bad as if you had the Portland Trailblazers last night in a really ugly way to lose a game. Uh, they're appealing the game. It's a mess. Look that up. Chauncey Billups. We don't know how that's going to turn out, so I didn't even put it in here. Uh, and then also kind of a bad beat as well. Ravens-Texans first half over 20 and a half. I had the under, so I was happy about this. Fairbay misses a 47-yard field goal. Game ends 10-10 at halftime. So not nearly the beat that the Nets game was. 10 and a half point dog up 11 with four minutes left and lose by 11. Oh, God. That is just horrible. Uh, all right, recapping a few things industry-wide. Most books did pretty well over the weekend there. Uh, Packers covered. A lot of people were on Houston. Tons of people on Houston. Um, that was not that surprising to me after they played a pretty good week or pretty good game the week before against the Browns. A uh, ton of people on the Bills, which I was on the other side of that one as well. So that worked out pretty well. And uh, Lions, Lions and that game in the Packer 49er game had a little bit of bounce, but whenever the, the favorite doesn't cover, that always helps us out. So, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good pretty good week there. Houston, Tampa, Buffalo. Tampa did have some steam on them late, so I guess the Detroit 
coming through there was a pretty good one for us. Uh, Eight-leg soccer parlay hit in Wisconsin. The African Nations Cup, La Liga, EPO, and Asian Cup. He had several different games. $20 to win $108,612.62. Congrats to that guy. That's an incredible, incredible hit right there. Uh, and then uh, let's talk a little bit about Super Bowl look-ahead lines here. Um, interesting stuff. So, uh, potential Super Bowl matchups right now. If it's Detroit and Kansas City, it's going to be Kansas City minus three, total 50 and a half. These are obviously rough estimates. You're going to see different numbers at different spots, but pretty close. Uh, so, again, Kansas City minus three against Detroit, total 50 and a half. Baltimore versus Detroit, it'll be Baltimore minus four and a half, total 30 and a half. In, or 50 and a half, geez, 30 and a half. Looking right at it, 50 and a half. Kansas City and San Francisco, a rematch of the game a few years ago. San Francisco minus two and a half, 46 and a half. I, I think that number's off. And Baltimore versus San Francisco. Baltimore uh, catching a point from San Francisco, who they beat very badly on Christmas. I guess people weren't watching the game on Christmas, apparently. Uh, don't know how you have San Francisco f- uh, favored in the game. I just, I don't. I don't understand it. They're not playing nearly as good as Baltimore right now, and they lost head-to-head to them on their home field. So, nevertheless, what do I know? I'm only a bookmaker, but I don't agree with these numbers. Uh, 47.5, if it was up to me, I would open these much differently. But we'll see what happens. We don't know the matchups yet. We don't know the personnel. Guys could be hurt. Guys couldn't be hurt. Who knows? Guys could be back. We don't have any idea what might go on here. Uh, we got to get through these two games. Lions haven't played outside since December the 10th against the Bears. So they've played 11 of their last 12 games indoors. So that could be a little bit of a problem. Um, but we'll see. I don't know what the weather will be like out by the bay, but sometimes it can be nasty, as we saw last week. So you really don't know. Uh, Ravens and 49ers, obviously the favorites, taking some money here. Um, I'll give you the rundown of uh, what I like in those games. But first, let's hit on tennis a little bit. Um, not not a whole lot of intrigue here as far as uh, what's, what's left for these these matchups tomorrow as everything's been decided. But I will go over a couple of things with you here that that interest me um, for the weekend. We obviously have a live ticket on Sabalenka for the finals. She and Coco Golf play tomorrow very, very early, which would be yesterday um, if you're watching this on Friday. And then uh, Yastremska and Zhang play as well. Uh, Zhang, a $2 favorite in that game. I would lean Yastrzemska, so I'll probably play her to a small degree, probably play it over. But right now, the winner of this tournament is going to be the winner of golf, Sabalenka. It's almost a guarantee. Um, I'm hoping for Sabalenka to, to uh, redeem herself after blowing the uh, one-set advantage in the U.S. Open where she was in complete command, and Coco came back and beat her. Coco playing well, too, but she got tested a little bit. Sabalink is just locked in right now, and as expected, she is a super sharp. Like her in this one, she's a good favorite against golf. Whoever wins that, I would back. I'd play a minus the games, and I'd probably bet the match under in the final. I just don't think either one of these other players can. Yastrzemska is still, this is her first test a taste of success this uh, you know deep into a tournament and then Zhang she's proved she just she's not going to be able to beat the very best girls and Coco Goff and Sabalink are among those so um, I think it's a it's an under in minus the games for the girls on Saturday it'll probably be Saturday early Saturday morning so the final so I would play either one of those so those would be what I'm going to go with in that one and then on the men's side uh, you know, I have, I'm on Djokovic. Uh, everybody just keeps hoping for him to fall apart. It's just like the Chiefs. It's weird, but I'm a very big fan of his. He's doing wonderful. 
He's locked in right now. Yannick Center, I just don't know if he can hold up in a five-setter against them. People keep saying, oh, Center beat him before, Center beat him before. Joker's got a bad red. Center's never beaten him in a five-set, uh, you know, duration-type match in, in, a, in a grand slam. He's never been able to do that. He's beat him in a two out of three, which isn't impossible. But where Joker is the best of all time is he gets better as the match goes on. And if you watch that, you you can clearly see it. He rations his energy. He knows exactly when to go, when to not, when to let up, when to let the the other player wear themselves out. I mean, the guy is masterful at this stuff. As Fulham just ties up the Carabao Cup semifinal against Liverpool. Oh, can't shed a tear over that. Chelsea in the other side of that. So we'll be hoping to uh, take on Fulham in a London derby instead of Liverpool. That would be nice. Maybe we can actually win something. Uh, but back to the tennis uh, joker. I mean, I'm not saying Yannick Sinner couldn't somehow maybe win this match, but it's highly doubtful to me. He would really, really have to have everything go his way and Djokovic to almost come up lame. Uh, just Sinner's not built to, to play five sets. He's just not. Uh, he's just frail, and he's just a weakling compared to Joker, and I, I just I don't see him, him losing this. Uh, maybe go four. I don't know. Over might be in play. But I think Joker takes care of business there. And uh, the other match is interesting, though. Medvedev got taken five sets this morning. Zverev won in four sets against Alcaraz, which nobody saw coming, except we did have it here. So that's a big quarter winner for us. Nice, nice payout there. Hopefully you were on that one with us. Uh, but Zverev is playing really well. And before he got his ankle hurt really badly in the French Open last year not this not the most recent one but the one before that he's not really been back to form and he's getting back to form now and he was right on the cusp of being able to hang with these guys Alcaraz Djokovic uh, Sinner to a degree and Medvedev those very very best in Nadal before he kind of went into his injury season the last couple of seasons but um, Zverev is very talented and he's kind of gotten the mental obstacles that some of his guys in the same age range like Stefano Tsitsipas and Matteo Berrettini who's actually hurt right now it's not so much mental with him but Tsitsipas can never get the mental game going Zverev has mastered that he's done a really good job of calming himself down he's just a much more mature player than he used to be I give him a chance here against Medvedev uh, Medvedev minus 135 Zverev even money there whoever wins that I think could push Joker a tad in the final. So uh, maybe an over in the final against against either one of these guys with, with Joker. But I still think Djokovic will win the match. But um, I'm, I'm intrigued by Zverev. He's had a really good tournament. And uh, this is a, a big step for him going forward. If he could beat Medvedev, um, I think it would be very, very, very good for his confidence moving forward into the other ones. He's very good on clay. So he would be a player in the French Open for sure in the spring. So we'll keep an eye out on him. Uh, it should be great. Uh, it's been an awesome few weeks of tennis. I've thoroughly enjoyed it as usual. So hopefully we can cash a couple tickets with Joker and Sabalenka and uh, make some more money for everybody. All right, that's the tennis. Now on to the golf. So golf started Wednesday, which is yesterday or day before, whatever is the time you're listening to this. Um, they do this. The farmers, they started out of Torrey Pines. Uh, it's one of those dual course ones. So they do this to keep away from the NFL Conference Championship games because it just beats their shit out of their ratings. So smart move. So we'll see. Uh, the players are out on the course right now. Things are uh, you know, just starting to heat up. Uh, some of the guys, the final tee times, are starting to get ready to go off here now. So this is going to be a little bit late, but I posted everything on Twitter 
before or X, uh, BLS underscore PRP at the Pine Room Studios. You can check out all the players, all the plays there. So hopefully you saw those if you get in the habit of doing that, especially you want to check those on like Wednesday uh, or even Tuesday. Sometimes I'll have something up for that. So if you're looking for things that are coming out in between the time we tape and the time that the show goes up, um, you know, be sure you have follow us on the on the Twitter or the X and, and keep an eye on those um, so you can be in on the play. So my top plays were Sung J.M. going back to the well with him. I thought he played okay again last week. I think he's dangerous here, but he's around 20, 21, 22, 23 to 1. Jason Day, I think he's uh, got great course form here. Uh, maybe not totally back into shape yet, but I'll take I'll take a chance with him at 25 to 1. Hideki Matsuyama as well, coming back off a little bit of an injury. He's around 50 to 1, 45, 46, 48, 50 to 1, somewhere you can find him. Uh, shop around for these. And then Sam Ryder is a bomber there. He's about 115 to 1, 120 to 1. Uh, he's had great success here. So take a peek at those guys, have those guys um, to win the, the tournaments and to uh, a couple of top 20s, some top 10s spread it around. Then a couple other guys that I'm kind of high on if you wanted to play a weekend DFS or anything like that too. Um, I, I would consider using these guys if they're if they're you know if they make the cut. Let's hope they do. Uh Sahith Thigala, he's been pretty good form the last few weeks. He's 32 to 1. Tony Finau, 24 to 1. Keegan Bradley, 29 to 1. Great course history for him. Taylor Pendrith, 86 to 90 to 1. And then Chris's boy, Min Woo Lee, 22 to 1. I think all those guys are contenders this weekend at the beautiful Tory Pines South Courses, where they'll play the final, which is the more the better of the two, the, the harder, uh, in San Diego. So Good stuff there. Good to have golf back. Enjoy that on Saturday, Friday, Saturday as the uh, weekend wraps up. So don't forget that the tournament will conclude on Saturday. So if you're looking for that, definitely want to do that. Nick Dunlap, of course, won last week over 501. Uh, we've had some major bombs coming in here. We had a 201, a 501, another 501 the last few weeks. So uh, golf is uh, definitely widespread of who can win these tournaments, especially early in the season. So good stuff there. All right. Let's get to the games. What everybody wants to talk about, the NFL Conference Championships. Um, well, we're wondering who, where some of these coaches were going to go. I thought maybe we would have an idea of where Jim Harbaugh was going to end up or Belichick, but it looks like these guys might be waiting around a little bit, So, which is pretty interesting. Maybe they're uh, waiting to see what happens in some of these other, uh, you know, these games this week. Although I don't think anybody at this juncture would be in danger of losing their job in the Final Four. So, um, I highly doubt that that would be the case, but I guess you really never know in the NFL. Um, God could just, uh, I guess Andy Reid could retire and, and be like, all right, I won again and I'm I'm out. So that's possible. That could be in play, but uh, we shall see. Uh, going back to last week, I, I went through the coaches and the quarterback rankings and how I matched them up. And the, the best two, the top two guys that I had were Baltimore with uh, Harbaugh and Jackson at, at a five rating. And Mahomes at Kansas City with a two rating. So those two teams came out on the right side of things, um, as expected. Um, Purdy and Shanahan were a nine. So that was a, still a solid rating. That was better than Green Bay's 17. Uh, they won the game. They did not cover. But uh, nonetheless, they advanced on. And then Goff and Dan Campbell with a 12. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's hard to rank those because you had so many other good players in there, too. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But we definitely hit on the two best uh the two best teams are the two teams who we had ranked number one and two, both advanced, both covered. So um, that's a good sign because you're back in a good quarterback and a bad in a good coach. And chances are you're going to have a good chance to win the game. All right, 
Let's get to the games now. So, on Sunday, the 3 o'clock kick, the AFC game is back to being first. They flip these every year. Kansas City at Baltimore. Baltimore now up to four most places. Some 3.5 still out there. 44.5 is the total in the game. I'm a Ravens fan. You can see it right here. But I respect the hell out of the Chiefs. I don't hate the Chiefs at all. I, I happen to kind of, you know, I don't want to say I have a root for them or like them, but I, I don't mind them. They don't bother me. Uh, T. Swift doesn't bother me. Um, I think she's an idiot as far as her politics goes, but she's a sheltered, rich, spoiled billionaire. So what would I expect? Uh, so anyway, that part doesn't bother me at all. Mahomes is the best quarterback going right now. I would take the Chiefs in this game. I think three and a half, four is ridiculous for this right here. Um, Ravens are good. Ravens are playing very, very well. But uh, this is a whole different animal here. You're you're having to take down the, the champ, the, the best quarterback in the last half dozen years with one of the best coaches, if not the best, uh, you know, two-time Super Bowl champ. They've been there three times. Baltimore's got to come and win this game, and I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it. I think the value's on the Chiefs. Uh, do I think the Ravens can win? Absolutely. But uh, do I think they will? Uh, I can't say that I do. I, I lean Chiefs here. I think they're the value's on them. They're, they're plus 165 on the money line, plus 170. I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't want it to be the case, but... Uh, Regardless, I will say this, whoever wins the game in the AFC, to me, will be the favorite in the Super Bowl. They won't actually be the favorite on paper. The, the Ravens would be favored against um, the Lions. The Chiefs would be favored against the Lions. But San Francisco is going to be favored if they win, which is to me is not right. So I'm going to see in immense value in the AFC. So if you're interested in that side of things, I'm considering that making that bet myself, getting the AFC at probably close to... I want to say maybe close to $2 you might be able to get them, plus 180 or so, uh, to get the AFC to win the Super Bowl. That would give you either the Chiefs or the Ravens. I think that's a great, great bet. Um, I, I like it a ton. I think that the AFC uh, is proven. We, we didn't know. Early in the year, it looked like AFC was going to be. And the AFC kind of just was like everybody's beating each other. And they, you just didn't really know. And nobody was playing really good football other than really the Ravens. And the NFC was looking like, wow, the NFC's killing everybody the Eagles are incredible Dallas is incredible San Francisco is incredible and now they've kind of crashed and burned so maybe the AFC was just really deep all along um and maybe they were just better so uh, I'm on the AFC heavy 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 in the uh Super Bowl I will be on the AFC regardless I can tell you that right now short of someone getting hurt in a key spot um or a number being way way out of whack but I think the AFC team's incredible value on these two teams is both of them could be potential underdogs uh, to the 49ers, which to me is just a little bit off. But uh, we, we'll see. Uh, some of the liabilities built into those numbers too, so long season liability. Uh, under in the game is where I'm kind of leaning to. I think if I can get to 45, like the game under, I think both teams will run the ball. I think both teams will try to control the clock. I don't think either one of these teams wants to really get into a shootout with the other one. So I think you will have both coaches playing it. I don't want to say conservatively, but I think they're going to be uh, I think they'll both attack. I just think it'll be very calculated, and I think they'll both run the ball, um, use the tight ends underneath, and that clock's going to run a lot in this game. So uh, I'll be going under for the first half of the 22 and under for the game at the 44.5-45 range. Game two, Lions at the 49ers, 6.30 kick on Fox. Right now it's the Frisco 49ers, 7, the total 51. Debo Samuel is the key X factor in this game. Their record when he doesn't play is not very good. Their record when he does play is very, very good. He is a complete X-factor. It's like having a, another Christian McCaffrey out there who can 
pretty much do everything. He can run the ball. He can pass the ball even. He can obviously catch the ball. So when you have two guys that, that are almost on equal billing, McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, it makes it really, really tough for the defenses to be able to figure out how to stop both guys. But if you only have to stop one of them, then Brandon Ayuk can be stopped a little bit more or Kittle. You can make a choice there because you leave those two guys open if you're worried about McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. This is a chain reaction that I think the 49ers were obviously able to overcome with Green Bay. I don't know if they could do it against the Lions, who really don't have that good of a defense, but can the, the Lions may score some points. But the Lions have a very good pass rush, so that could be uh, interesting. Purdy took some sacks. The, the Frisco line is not nearly that good as, as what people think it is. They have a great left tackle, though, you know, the, about the best there is. But the rest of their line is, is beatable. So uh, matchup there could be intriguing, and that's why I think – that you gotta you gotta look and see if Debo Samuel is going to be uh, playing here. I think they'll decoy a little bit. I don't think they're ever going to tell you if he's 100. percent Reading between the lines, I would say he's going to play in this game, but I would say he is not going to be 100. percent And I would say there's a very good chance he could aggravate that. They took him out of that game very very fast in a game that they did not have control of. So I thought that was very interesting. These shoulder injuries can really, really hinder a guy. And if he falls on it wrong just one time, he's out of the game. Um, of course, I had him in a, in a fantasy league I'm in, so that that would make sense. Me having him, of course, he would get hurt. But uh, hopeful that he plays because I think you know it's a better game if he does. But uh, I think the Lions are alive if he doesn't play. So keep an eye on it. If you can get a touchdown with the Lions, the Lions can score. That's the one thing. I don't, I don't know how golf's going to do in an outdoor game right now if there's any weather. But San Francisco's secondary is iffy. Their linebackers are good. Their D-line is good, but Goff's gotten good protection. He's been protected well, and uh, if they protect well, uh, Lions will score some points. Lions will run the ball on them. I thought Green Bay made a catastrophic mistake with Aaron Jones only touching the ball 18 times. He should have ran it 28 to 30 times, and I really thought the Packers would have won the game for sure. Uh, he was getting chunks of yards on that toss play they kept running. I mean, it's like nine yards a clip, so uh, I think Gibbs... And uh, is it who's their other running back? David Montgomery. Yeah, uh, I think those guys. I, I I would say they are extremely extremely live uh, to to have really good games. And uh, you got St. Brown, and then you got Laporta, and then Zach Ertz enters the mix here. Another tight end, another body, an experienced guy. Not sure how much he'll be in sync with the offense, but um, I, you know, I give the Lions a fighting chance here. But I think San Francisco will play a little bit cleaner on offense. So. Uh, I like the over, pretty good amount in this game, 51 the total here. I think it's very, very live to go over, um, so take a peek at that. So that's where I'm going with these games. I'm going to go the Lions game over the 51, and lean Lions, if I can get seven, seven and a half, I will take the Lions. I like the first half over as well in that game, 24 and a half. Uh, if you could get, I saw some 23 and a halfs out there. If you can find that one, I would highly recommend. And then just from a future standpoint, as I mentioned, that AFC bet I think is really good, but... Kansas City is still a great value here, plus 360. They got the best quarterback and the best coach probably left in this whole tournament. So, to me, they're getting ignored or the third choice. Uh, I think they have every bit of a chance to, to do it. Um, I'm hoping the Ravens can pull it out, but uh, if Kansas City wins, uh, I'll take my chances with them in the Super Bowl here in a couple of weeks. So, uh, that will do it for the NFL roundup here. Um, Better's last dance, segment number two. We're going to come back, going to – talk with Sam here about racing and some of the other things that are on his docket but uh it's uh it's it's a good weekend we got a, got a lot going on you got the golf get the tennis 
Got two big games on Sunday. So uh, look forward to those. Uh, check us out, BLS underscore PRP at the Pine Room Studios. Be sure and check us out on the Watchdog as well. We are on seven hours a week, Monday 2 to 3, uh, Tuesday and Friday 12 to 3. So good stuff coming up there. Got Lunch Madness kicking off here in a couple of weeks. Going to be a really fun time. Thanks to all of our friends at Gumby's and Jill's Gentleman's Club for their continued sponsorship uh, and all their support. It's been uh, really, really nice to uh, to have such great sponsors behind us uh, in addition to, uh, you know, Generations and Figuretti's coming on board to help us out with some things as well in the near future. Plenty more coming up on the Pine Room. We can want to check it out at the Pine Room Studios, all of our social media on the YouTube page. Check us out, all of our shows, Better's Last Stand, the original podcast, Pine Room Podcast, Soup and Stuff, and all the other things. Coach Dell's Dugout Talk coming to you soon. The Briefing Room coming to you soon. Uh, so we got lots going on here as things uh, roll on, as we get close to, jeez, uh, I guess it'll be spring here before too long. It's going to be February in another week. So uh, time flying fast. Pine Room keeping it going. We will continue to try to produce uh, exceptional content. And please join us on the radio show. We love the interaction from the fans. Get a lot of callers, listeners, texters. It's uh, really, really good to see. So we appreciate all that. Check out all of our picks. Better last stand picks. BLS underscore PRP. You can get them all before the show even. Uh, have those up before the show even airs. So follow us there. Hopefully you're making a little bit of money. We've do been doing pretty well. We had three somewhat down weeks, but we picked it back up there. If you had those tennis plays, it was a good Good uh, couple of days or a couple of weeks for us. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break here on BLS, show 71. We're going to come back and see Sam for the first time in three weeks. He's been on a little hiatus. He was traveling a little bit, had a little bit of everything going on with work as well. So we'll get his thoughts on the uh, the Pirates signing uh, Aroldis Chapman. Uh, interesting decision there. Probably just going to flip him around on a one-year deal and trade him, but, hey, whatever. It's something. Uh, to get his thoughts on that, some NBA, some NHL. Obviously, his NFL picks, anything he likes there. And then talk a little bit of racing as well with the Clash coming up next week and some rebranding going on in Formula One. It's Better's Last Stand for the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back after this. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in, Better's Last Stand. After a couple-week hiatus, Sam is back with us. Sammy, what is up? How's everything been going? I know you had a nice trip to Texas. Got a new hat on right there, Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. How you feeling? Texas was nice. I saw Mark Henry. I saw Goldust. It looks like The Undertaker is outside with this weather. It's shitty, pretty yeah. shit weather up in PA. So, dude, I'm doing great. I'm good, doing good, great. good to have you back. Uh, let's just start with NFL playoffs. What have been your observations for the last couple of weeks? Mahomes, Mahomes, yes, Mahomes. Yes, exactly. No, Never no question. doubt Mahomes. He is our Brady, I yeah. guess. You know, he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's just, you know, the Chiefs, they, got, they don't have receivers. They don't have this. They don't have that. You know what they do have, Matt? Yeah, that's all they need, and and a pretty good coach too. So yeah, I so mean, I thought it's been good. I really am, am really pulling for Dan Campbell. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I got to say, um, I, I think they got a shot, especially if Debo Samuel doesn't play. Uh, I think that makes that that levels the playing field a touch. San Francisco, I think, will play better than they did last week. Thought Green Bay arguably should have won that game. They they really fucked up a lot. I thought they they didn't run the ball when they needed to and kind of conservative. But uh, yeah, and then I, I think the Chiefs are the value too, catching three and a half. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm hopeful that the Ravens can somehow win the game, but I I will not be uh, surprised if the Chiefs win. And uh, I think the AFC wins the Super Bowl in my opinion right now. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. It's so up in the air. Like I'm so torn with. Honestly, these teams left. I, any of them, I, I could seriously see them winning. Right. No. I yeah. know that's such a stupid thing. Like, no, oh, no. Of course. But, it's, but it's like there's not one team that stands out. Like the 49ers stood out the regular season for a right, while. Right. And then some things happened, and Purdy's doing some things where I'm like, I don't know if I in a big game. Right. I trust Brock Purdy. Yeah. To get yeah. me there, I just. I don't. And I talked about it last week on here. Is, uh, Kyle Shanahan, he even worries me in big games. I think he's yeah. conservative. I, I just don't know. I, did, I don't love him in the big spots. Now, his team, obviously, but you got Christian McCaffrey. And if you have a healthy Debo Samuel, those two guys are good enough to basically win the game themselves. But uh, I, all these teams have, to me, they all have the potential, like you said, to, to win and they also have a potential for somebody to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, the guy that, that undoes it for them, which San Francisco, I would agree, would be either Purdy or Shanahan. Their their offensive line's just, you know, it's okay. And their secondary's a little iffy, so they got some holes. The Lions obviously don't have a great secondary, but they got a very good pass rush, so, you know, that could you know, play a role in the game this week. And then on the other side, the AFC, I mean, it's Mahomes, 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 like you said. And will Lamar Jackson continue to be able to play without making his key mistakes like he always does? That's the question. Yeah, and that's my thing. Like, you, you said it. You have Mahomes left, uh, Lamar Jackson, and, and even Jared Goff versus yeah. a, a loaded team with the 49ers and Purdy. I take those three over the 49ers every time. Yeah, and Goff, Goff has a good offensive line, and that's what that is what's key. And you saw Green Bay. They protected really, really well last week. Jordan Love... He did not play very well, but uh, they gave him time, and uh, and I think the I think that the Lions will be able to run the ball on the 49ers like the Packers were able to, and I think if Goff gets you know gets the protection that he should get, uh, play actions there. I I I mean I give the Lions a chance if they can make any plays on defense. If they can rush the passer, I think they got a chance. I agree. I agree. Their defense does scare me. They give up a lot over the <laughs> yes. air. Yeah, and if Debo Samuel's out there and they got to cover him, Ayuk and Kittle, and then obviously McCaffrey, never know where he's going to line up. I, that might be too much. But if Samuel's compromised, um, I, I give him an outside shot, and maybe they got a shot of covering anyway. I like getting you know seven points. I think that's that's probably a Lions play for me. So. Uh, all right, moving on to uh, some of the other things happening in sports. Uh, any observations on the NHL or NBA from the last few weeks? Uh, saw the Bucks made a coaching change, and then there's starting to be some trades already. Matt, when you go 30 and 13 and you get fired, <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's, it's the players. I would think one player in particular, number 34, got this guy fired. Yeah. I, I mean,. Are you kidding me, Matt? Well, pretty much had to be either Giannis or Lillard. I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't even know. It's really the it, but yeah, it's bizarre. It's it's weird. The whole thing is weird from the beginning for them because then they had Terry Stotts as the assistant coach, and he was like really tight with Lillard, and then he just quit. So I don't know if he had a bad feeling about this Griffin dude or what. And obviously, their defense hasn't been good enough to probably be able to beat you know Boston or Philly, but I figure you could probably figure out a way around that, or change a strategy or something, but. Yeah, just canning the dude is just weird. 
Yeah, it's one of the craziest moves I've ever seen. And then bringing Doc Rivers? <laughs> Not it's, again. It's, I mean, that I guy's know. a loser. Uh, he can't he, he, win. It, Matt, it's the same thing with, like, baseball managers and football Right, coaches. recycle. They just recycle. They're afraid to get it, it get the new guy. Might as well bring <laughs> Doc Rivers in. I'll get you to the playoffs and you'll fucking lose. Yeah, it still, it still baffles me just going over to baseball's Bob Melvin moves from the Padres to the to the Giants. Giants. Like it's yeah. insane to me. And you know what? In the in the Angels hire Ron Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I don't get it, but uh, I don't know. Doc Rivers is going to make them be any better, but uh, who knows? But Eastern Conference pretty interesting. Definitely some good teams. Embiid balling out the other night with seventy. And then Carl Anthony Towns tries to keep pacing and then loses the game. Matt, I was thinking about you because I was just – it is comical when you drop 62 and you lose. Yeah, it is. Lose. It but is. Like that, that's not cool. If you if you drop 62 and win, that's awesome. But, dude, you did the best you could. You dropped 62 and you still lost. Yeah, what's it say about your team too? God. And they're, and they're good, but they're just – their record yeah. is good, I should Do say, they have the toughness to win in a playoff series? That's the question. Probably take not. Jokic over in seven over yes. Cat. I, I'm Towns has always been soft. I mean, yeah, he's going to be a good stat compiler. But, yeah, I would say Minnesota is ripe for the picking in, in come uh, playoff time, unless they rearrange the roster a little bit, which I don't think they will. Uh, who do you like in the East uh, other than, the, the I guess, the big three teams, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics? But I guess the, the Heat now can't be ignored. They made a nice move the other day. Terry Rozier. Yeah, the team I, I like that they need to have Tyrese healthy. Is the oh, yes, I agree with that. And they made a good move, too. Uh, I think they're definitely dangerous. They'll, they'll be – can they get stops in the playoffs? That'll be the key. But they, they're as offensively gifted as anybody. Yeah, I, I like them. I think the Knicks are frauds. Although yeah, Julius Randle, I call the aircraft carrier because he <laughs> fucking carries the ball every yeah, time he dribbles. That's a good nickname for him. It's what me and my buddy call him, the aircraft carrier. <laughs> Matt, if you watch him, he'll be on ESPN. They're on twice a week, always. The right. Knicks, like, all New York Julius market. Randall, yeah, all Julius Randle does is carry the ball. <laughs> I call it on him every time. <laughs> I promise you. When you watch the next time the Knicks play, you'll say, holy shit. Yeah, he really he does. Right. <laughs> he carries the ball every time. <laughs> How about... Uh, They're frauds. Yeah, they are. They're not any good. And I, I, a long time ago when I actually cared, I was a Knicks fan, and I... I yeah, I'm embarrassed to even say that, but uh, yeah, they're they're not they're not good enough to, to win anything. Uh, Cavs have been playing a little bit better. I don't know if they could be somebody that could maybe win a series, but uh, out west, uh, we talked about the Timberwolves. I don't have any faith in them. Obviously, LeBron's going to cry for a big trade here. They'll do something for sure. Uh, I, I like the Thunder. Uh, I think they're. I mean, they're, they've been pretty steady all season. Yeah, I, I love the Thunder. A team that sticks out to me is the Kings. I feel like yeah. the Kings should be better. You know, last year they were they were lighting. What do they call right. that? Light the beam. Oh yeah, the, the beam. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, during the day. That's yes. tough. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't believe the Pelicans are twenty six and eighteen. Zion hasn't had a huge stretch of being out yet. Yeah, they're 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 up and down. Obviously, the Grizzlies are finished off now as the injuries got them. But yeah, Pelicans are weird. They're like a team that I feel like could be should be a lot better, but they're just very inconsistent. So, uh, I think Denver will probably be there at the end, uh, and the Clippers. Do you find it odd that like? how bad the Spurs are and how this, like, Greg yeah, Popovich weird. just is, like, running running free. He's just – yeah in his in his press conferences, he doesn't give a shit. He's like, oh, I told Wemby to back Embiid down. Like, dude, he just dropped 70. Yeah, I don't – furious. I don't know what Popovich is doing. I, I don't I, I don't know if he's just hanging on because I don't know if they think they can 
bring this guy along better with him, but I don't know. It might have passed him by. He might be better to get out of there, and, and Weminyama might be better off with a with a younger coach. But I don't know. Who are we to, to judge? Maybe they'll hire uh, Adrian Griffin as well, the it's, coach. It's like, yeah, it's the same thing. You're 30 and 13, and you get fired, and then you're 8 and 35, and you don't get and fired. And you're not even mentioned as a potential, you know, like maybe they need a change, but no. Uh, all right, uh, going over to hockey now. Penguins uh, debacle the other night. Uh, that putting in your own net, and then the night before, just about as bad as you blow a two nothing lead in the third period to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, sounds like the Penguins did a little partying out in Vegas and uh, weren't really worried about the games. Yeah, that was terrible. They're they're really showing their colors. Of du- Dubas has got to do something this offseason. Yes, yeah. that's, that's really drastic. He has to. You're right. But will they let him? Will they let him? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even know why they brought him in if they're not going to let him, but... I know. It's like the, the Graves signing isn't looking <laughs> like it was too great. The Jari signing wasn't great from the beginning. I, I think Jub could beat Graves in a race from end to end in the, on the ring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. We could give Graves, like, a second or two head start as well. <laughs> yeah, I think Jub would blow right by him, but, yeah, they're, they're just, just old. They're got, I mean, just, it, the Carlson thing, I just... I. I he can't be that it's he just lost talent like something with this team the way they're set up is just not I don't know it's not conducive to, for him to succeed so that needs to be adjusted I mean there's he on Sullivan right now but I don't know who you get to replace him um, they probably should have moved on from Sullivan and got Rick Tockett like yes. after last year yes. but because Rick Tockett's doing an incredible job out in Vancouver right. and he brings incredible. a toughness that's there that uh, you know we could use a little bit of but yeah you said it the Penguins get pushed around they have nobody that's big no no not one person that stands out that like oh this is our fighter no and like they they're they're big guys are, are like frail and like even Marcus they're tall Patterson guys yeah right i mean P.O. he's Joe. and he's solid stay-at-home guy he's like the new dumoulin but he's not he's tough i mean a poj size. i mean he's like a he's like a he's like, like a, a like a skinny somali kid like he's not gonna yeah. he's not gonna be able to push anyone around but yeah, I I don't know. Penguins, they're just they're a lost cause. I, I would say if I was them, they probably should unload Gensel and Jari at the trade deadline. But they won't do it. We know that they just won't because Sid will get pissed, and that'll be Sorry, the end Sid. of it. But well, we got a business decision to make: get yeah. nothing for Gensel or get something for Gensel. Yeah, and, it, and so. this hurts your MVP bet too for him because he's they got to make the playoffs. That I mean, they're not going to give him the MVP even as good as he is. If the team can't make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I almost was going to say that it's pretty much irrelevant at this point because even if Crosby continues to score, like, if no playoffs and nobody else scoring, I don't know. They, they're not going right. to vote you the MVP for being on a loser right. that can't get in the playoffs. And now you got Edmonton red hot right now. Boston's Sick. playing really well. Winnipeg, uh, who actually Boston beat the other night, but they're they're they've been really, really good. And then Vancouver with with talk out there, they're they're playing really good. So I don't know the Eastern Conference to me. Is there anybody in the East that you think like to me right now? I mean Boston, obviously they're going to be out to prove uh, something this year in the playoffs because of last year's early exit. But I I don't know. I was I was struggling. I said earlier I thought that the Panthers were still kind of alive in the East, but I don't. They played a lot of hockey the last couple of years too, so they may be a little bit tired. But the Eastern Conference seems like it's kind of like a changing of the guard right now. I feel like the West has the better teams currently. What do you think? Yeah, because when I look at, like, the Atlantic, you know, after you get past the Lightning, it's, like, the Leafs, Red Wings, Canadians. Yeah. And the Red Wings are I like good, them. but, fuck, they give up a lot of They're goals. not ready yet. They're, like I, I was talking about earlier, I think if they could, if they wanted to go in right now, because I think the East could be a little bit open, if they wanted to come out and try to get a, a goalie and then another goal scorer and maybe another defense, but if they wanted to, at the trade deadline, make a few big moves, they might have a shot of making a run. 
but yeah, I agree with you. They give up too much. Uh, they're not quite ready to win yet, but I like where their team's going uh, so far. And the team that actually terrifies me is Talk it's Philadelphia. Or not Talk, it's uh, Tortorella's Philadelphia yeah. Flyers. No, yeah, they're playing good. I mean, arguably, they're better than the Penguins right now. Um, I got to give him credit. I don't know when, you know how his shelf life, he always expires at some point. It, it's only like how much can you take of him. But so far, he's done a pretty good job, and, and they're not bad. It's funny his shelf life was so short with one kid. He just said, I'm not playing for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd love to know what really happened with that whole thing, but that's crazy. And then the, the media, when they're blaming that Hayes guy, like it's like nuts. Craziness. Tortorella is still snapping on the media, which is great stuff. Somebody uh, has to. Yes. Well, moving on to more positive things here. Uh, the Clash next week, buddy. It's almost back. Next week, we actually get to talk about a racetrack in racing, and it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait. What, do you, what are your thoughts so far? I'm fired up for the halftime show. I'm <laughs> fired up for Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> I found out, Matt, when I texted you that, that NASCAR does have a halftime. Yeah, that's big. I didn't know that. <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, I'm very – honestly, I'm fired up to see the cars. I'm fired up that racing. Me too. It's, it's literally a week a week from you know today we're talking racing. It's beautiful. Yeah. I just don't get this fucking gimmick thing of the class. Yeah, I don't either. And it's like we said before, it's like I'm excited about the racing coming back, but then it's just going to – I'm already going to get irritated with some of the things that happened there. But I got to re- just calm myself down and say – well, the good news is that means we're closer, a couple weeks closer to Daytona. So that is the good thing. I know. Thing. It's just like, but how is this the first product you put out? For I here? know. Like, I this know. is NASCAR. This is what we offer. I mean, they're definitely trying to hit these giant markets. That's for sure. Yeah, they are. They yep. are. I give them credit for at least trying. So maybe that'll that'll continue to put the money in there and, and, and continue to grow the sport, which we, we love. And hopefully more people are starting to get back into it's uh it's good to see from that regard, but uh, yeah, and uh, in F one, I see a lot of these teams rebranding, coming up with new names and stuff. What do you think about that? The one like Stoke or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so stupid. Listen, if it's not a Ferrari, if it's not a Mercedes, you know, it's not a Red Bull. I don't care. Yeah, and that, I like like the Alpha Tari, like that. I was reading about their rebrand today, like just what they're calling. Like it's. I don't know. I don't think it's going to make the cars any different, will it? That's what I'm saying, Matt. What are you putting into the cars? Don't change the name. Yeah, I know. I'm actually kind of disappointed that they did that. but Like, yeah. is, oh, you, you changed the name. That's good. Is, is Joe Guan Yu still driving it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not going to work out very well. Joe Guan Yu, lucky to be alive still after that one crash he had a few years ago. Still don't know flat, how he survived that. Eyes. Yeah, he's probably still scraping on the ground. Yeah. Well, uh, we're closer to that. We're closer to NASCAR. That's a great thing. We're also closer to the Pirates. How about Araldus Chapman coming to town? What do you think of that? I thought it was, like, funny at first, and then I really put some thought to it. I was like, you know what? That's a pretty solid move. It, it is. And, and obviously, That's they're going to have him there to be able to move him, too. But I do think it, it then makes the Pirates have what should be a good bullpen. Now, if they can actually get leads uh, and have starting pitching that can, can get them somewhat deep into a game, they actually should have a, a actually – Really strong, dependable bullpen, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, holy shit, they're getting some players that are solid. They're not nobodies. Like, Aroldis Chapman, we had a, a wannabe Aroldis Chapman last year, number 68, uh, Perdomo. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was, yeah. I remember being at the game, yeah. and I saw him come out from the bullpen. I thought, he thinks he's Aroldis Chapman. <laughs> now, we fucking now you got the real guy, thing. 10.5 million. Three. People talking about how that's, like, so much money. But, like, we were talking on the radio the other day, 
It seems like a lot to Pirate fans like us. But like to real teams, that's not. That's just what yeah, a pitch. Know, it's what I a pitcher know. costs. We broke the bank for Aroldis Chapman at ten million bucks. <laughs> In thirty-six years old, yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's a piece. They got another tradable piece at the deadline. Now they got a couple starters they brought in. They got Rowdy, and they got a left-handed bullpen guy now that can still throw a hundred. So those are right. if they fall out of it, they're going to move them. You know it. Right, and the good thing is, Matt, we got a good catcher that got a lot of practice last year. That's right. <laughs> Well, that is the good. That's the promising thing. Henry Davis got a lot of time behind the plate, which should help him a lot this season. Yeah, he should be ready for those 104 mile an hour fastballs coming oh. at him from Chapman. Jeez. What are we gonna do? Well, anything uh, else sticking up uh, on the radar for you this weekend? Yeah, give me Zay Flowers at okay. plus 230 anytime Boom. touchdown. Love also, it. Nelson Aguilar, he is plus 700. The numbers too good for me. I like it. Hey, Aguilar's a red zone target now for Lamar, yes, so I like it a lot. Well, Sam, it was great catching up with you. Sorry I got to run. I got to go to a meeting. But uh, it was good to have you back. Uh, racing talk next week. Can't wait for it. Should be awesome. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you soon, pal. Yes, sir. Go Bucks, baby. All righty. All right, that's Sammy from Upper St. Clair checking in after a couple weeks off. Good to see him back. Great analysis, as always. That will do it for us. Better's Last Stand Show 71 from the Pine Room Studios. Check us out on the radio, on the Watchdog, every Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. Uh, again, thanks to our friends at ICCAB for everything they've done for us, and we will see you next week here on Better's Last Stand. Good luck this weekend. All right, welcome in. Better's Last Stand back after a Thanksgiving hiatus. Last time we were seen over at Belmont Brew Works. Had our buddy Rick on the on the show. He uh, had us over. It was a great uh, evening. We talked a lot about sports betting on the show as always. And then uh, had a few drinks and uh, something to eat. So it was a good time. Chris here with me in the studio. Hello. 